And the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio AM 640, 1-855-821-5900 to get a hold of Lior anytime, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't checked it out, we will get to it in more depth for sure during this hour. We're talking about the severance pay calculator. You find out exactly what your severance should be. If the uh, offer ever comes down the pike, you'll know exactly where you stand with the proper amount. That's all coming up, but lots of stuff to get through today. And uh, a case that was uh, local, we'll get to that one as well and have a discussion on that. First, so pal, we always talk about and do the week that was. How was it? Thank you, John, and really great to be back to talk about everything uh, to do with our jobs, our workplace, uh, our rights uh, at work, and everything in between. And, uh, you know, we we always want to inform people and educate them on their rights. We've been doing this now for a while, uh, and I'm, I'm very proud to say, John, that together we've We've educated uh, thousands of people. Yep. It's a great feeling, and, and you know, there's, there's a movement, there's a trend here with people knowing their rights, standing up for their rights, and that's what we want. That's what we want to see, and, and we want to continue doing. So as long as we can feel that we can uh, educate people, we'll continue doing this. And, and to get us started, uh, for those uh, that are tuning in for the first time, we always want to start off with a couple of scenarios that I came across over the past week or so where hopefully there's some, some lessons you may learn from, uh, from those scenarios. So both the matters, John, I'm going to talk about have to do with termination for cause and, and you know, when and when it's not appropriate. Uh, appropriate. Uh, so first matter involved a gentleman. Uh, when he called me, he had been let go for cause. And what happened with him is he wasn't very happy at his job and was looking for work elsewhere actively. And his employer, and his employer found out about it. His employer found out that he was uh, shopping out his resume. The way his employer found out is... Uh, uh, the employer received a call from another company where this gentleman, the employee, had applied to. And they said, just so you know, your, your employee has applied, had applied for a job here. Well, the employer wasn't very happy about it and turned around and asked him, is this true? The, the employee didn't lie. He said, yeah, it is. So on the spot, he was terminated for cause without any compensation, without any severance. And, and that's when he called me. And he wanted to know uh, if that's right. Can the employer do that? Uh, and and uh, is there something that can be done here? So the short answer and the very clear answer, John, is no. The employer cannot let you go for cause because you're looking for other work. That's not a form of misconduct. You do have a right to look for work. And, you know, I understand why an employer is not going to be happy that an employee of theirs is somewhere out there looking for work. But that's not cause for termination. That's not any form of misconduct. Now, where it could be misconduct is if you're spending your time that you're supposed to be working uh, online looking for work and talking to uh, prospective employers instead of doing your job, well, that's different. But that's not what happened here. He was sending out uh, you know, resumes, and, and he didn't even attend any interviews. There was nothing that, that interfered with his work. So he could not be terminated for cause. And that's a reminder there how difficult it is to terminate someone for cause always. So many times, just like in this situation, I see employers pulling the trigger on a termination for cause before they should, when there really isn't cause, when the employee really didn't do anything to justify that termination for cause. So this gentleman has been wrongfully dismissed. Now, if you're out there looking for work uh, while you still have a job, Ultimately, that is your right. Uh, you, I, I certainly would suggest not spending time that you're working doing stuff that's not related to work. But other than that, you can look for other uh, job and uh, another job, and your employer cannot let you go for cause because you've done that. So uh, that's that, John. So you feel free to start looking for work. <laughs> you hope you're talking to me. Uh, well, I mean, you look <laughs> at it in this current climate, how many people have two or three gigs just to get by? You have to, right? 
Well, yeah, you, you, many people do. And, and ultimately, as long as you fulfill your obligations to your employer, that's the only thing your employer can ask of you. Mm -hmm. uh, anything beyond that is inappropriate. What else you got going on? Second situation, another cause situation. This one uh, a bit more tricky and uh, involved a gentleman that over the past year or so had received some negative uh, performance reviews. Actually, it was one negative performance review and two performance improvement plan. All had to do with his job performance, and his employer was alleging that he was not doing a good job, he wasn't meeting proper milestones, that, that the work was deficient. And both in the performance review and the performance improvement plan, they said, well, we expect you, we need you, we demand that you do better. Now, um, uh, after about a year, the company said, well, we didn't see any improvement here, so we're letting you go for cause. Mm -hmm. We talked to you, we gave you these performance reviews, performance improvement plans, nothing changed, so cause. And uh, I asked the person, well, first of all, did you agree with their comments in the performance improvement plan and the performance review? He said, no, absolutely not. I said, well, did you say anything about it? No, I didn't. Well, why didn't you say anything about it? Well, I didn't say anything about it because I didn't know I should have. And I, I was afraid that if I said something about it, they'll get even more upset at me. Right. I didn't agree with the comments because I work as part of a team. And it's not right to pin on me uh, the results of the team. There was other aspects and other elements that, that uh, uh, were at play here. So, And ultimately, they ter terminated him for cause. Now, the fact, John, that he didn't say anything, that he was silent when they're, they're managing his performance and they're telling him he's doing something wrong is a problem because silence is the same as acceptance. So they now may consider him and the law may consider him as having agreed to the negative performance and negative reviews even though he really didn't. So uh, what I told him is what you should have done here is as soon as they told you here's what you've done wrong, you should have immediately responded in writing and said, no, I didn't uh, do that. Here's what actually happened. And I don't think your comments uh, are fair. We'll talk a bit about this more later, but you can't necessarily, you, you, well, you, you should never accept negative performance reviews if they're not legitimate, if you don't agree with them. So in this situation, he's now made it much more difficult for himself to fight the termination for cause. I still think the, the company was premature to terminate uh, him for cause, mm -hmm. but had he properly responded, this would have been a no problem slam dunk for him. So the lesson here is very, very clear. And I said, well, we'll touch about this a bit later. But if your employer is now managing your performance, they're complaining about your results, uh, performance improvement plans, bad performance reviews, if you don't agree with it, you have to say so. And you have to say why. And you can't, uh, you can't avoid that. Put that in writing. Make it more difficult for your employer to let you go for cause. Otherwise, you're, you're literally just playing into the company's hands. You're potentially handing them a termination for cause on a silver platter. Please don't do that. Stand up for your rights. And any questions, of course, you give me a call. 1-855-821-5900 is that number. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Lots more to go here. Reach out. We'd love to talk to you. Get us an email. Send us uh, or call Lior uh, when you got some time as well to get more details. This is the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. Leor at employmenthour.com. Call it, use it anytime. Keep it on you. Severancepaycalculator.com. You want to find out what your severance should be. We'll uh, get to that sucker a little later in the show. But we're going to talk about this. There was a um, there was a story in the news this week about a manager at Eastside Mario's. Now he was insisting that a server wear a bra. Let's talk about that. What's the what's the deal here? Is it even legal for an Eastside Mario's to insist that this employee wear a bra? 
Yeah, this was a story, I believe, out of out of Timmins that yeah. made the, the rounds uh, earlier this week. And then you was actually uh, done, did a couple of interviews myself on this story. So as I understand the story, uh, the, the manager approached this one of the servers and said, I noticed you're not wearing a bra. Uh, I, I think it's less than modest. So, uh, you know, our expectations and our dress code requires you to wear a bra. And, and this server was upset. And ultimately, they got into a bit of an argument as to whether or not the employer, uh, in this case represented right. by the manager, had the, the, uh, the right to require her wearing a bra. So... You know, this is an interesting topic, and it raises the the question of of what is the employer's rights, what is the employee's rights. John, usually we see this come up, and we have seen this come up in the context of employers requiring employees, usually female employees, to wear I'm going to call you know revealing clothing as part of their work attire. Yeah. So we've seen restaurants requiring employees to wear short skirts or or revealing tops, and our human rights tribunals have said that is inappropriate. That reinforces gender stereotypes. That's uh, that's discrimination uh, based on gender. So that's illegal. So we know that. The question is whether that protection is, extends to requiring someone to wear a bra. Well, arguably it does. Uh, generally speaking, any gender-specific dress code, in order for it to be legitimate, there would have to be a, 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 a real bona fide occupational requirement. In other words. There has to be a, a basic right. There has to be, sorry, a, a, a basic reason as to why you're requiring a female employee to dress differently from a male employee. So in this case, in order for Eastside Marriott to be able to require the employee to wear a bra, they would have to show here's the business reason. Here's why it's a legitimate request, why we have her to have, have, to have her do that. And if she doesn't, here's how it's going to impact the business negatively. Now, I, I, we don't want to get here too, too technical, but ultimately, I think it's going to be very difficult for Eastside Marriott to show that because this lady is not going to wear a bra, something bad's going to happen, that there's a real reason why we need her to wear a bra. I mean, if there was a lot of employee com- or a lot of customer complaints and uh, it's clearly something that's uh, offensive, well, maybe. But I think in this situation, they're probably going to find themselves on the wrong side of a human rights violation. So there's a lesson here for employers. If you are going to require certain dress code that's different from men and women, there has to be a reason for it. It can't just be a preference. Anything that that distinguishes uh, on the basis of gender is a potential human rights violation. And again, you don't want to be on the wrong side of that violation. And of course, questions, concerns. If you're an employer and you don't know, can you do this? Can you not do this? Give me a call. Let's chat about it. Let's make sure that you do things right. Uh, don't fall into one of the many pitfalls that are out there. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is that number. Let's talk about it. I mentioned it a couple times already. Severance pay calculator. Love it. Yeah, John. And uh, well, the reason you love it is because you've used it, and, yep. and then you know how much severance you're going to get if they ever let you go. So you're like you're, you're pretty comfortable now, saying, "Hey, if I'm going to get this severance." Let them have at it, right? So, uh, and that's a lot of what a lot of people uh, have found that when they've used the severance calculator, they have that certainty. They have that peace of mind knowing, okay, I don't want to lose my job, and hopefully I don't. But if I do lose my job, that's how much I'm going to get paid. So, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. It's a completely free, easy, and anonymous tool to use. Anyone can use it for any reason. Certainly, if you have actually lost your job and you just left the boardroom there with your manager holding those termination papers, 
you have to go to the severance calculator. You have to go to severancepaycalculator.com because the chances are over 90% chance that that severance offer on that piece of paper is completely inadequate. It's, it's potentially 30%, 20%, 10% of what it needs to be. So don't, don't accept anything without going to the severance calculator. Call me if you have any questions. At a minimum, you have to go to severancepaycalculator.com. And it does apply for full-time, does apply for part-time, young, old, short, tall, skinny, doesn't matter. You all can use that, uh, yes. that calculator, Maybe not right? tall, but anyone other than tall. No, oh, thanks a lot. It, it does apply that. to everyone. And, and it's a good question. I've had people even this yep. week uh, email me to ask me, I use the severance calculator, Lior, but I'm a part-time right. employee. Does it apply to me? It does apply to everyone uh, that, that has a job, full-time, part-time. All of that works just fine. The, the only ones that it doesn't apply to, and it says so right on the calculator, is to unionized employees. Unionized employees are in a different situation, but for everyone that's not part of the union, you can check out the severance calculator. Some emails we'll get to here in just a bit. We're going to get into this. Uh, times you should be very worried, and those times are when. I'll give you this one at first. We already kind of touched on this. The employer is building up a case against you with bad performance reviews, just like your week that was. That's right, John. Uh, and you know there are situations where if you're if you find yourself in that situation, you can't just forget about it. You can't just continue on with your day. You have to take a step back and realize there's a problem here. I got to deal with it. I can't ignore it. And the first one that you mentioned, John, just like we said in the week that was, if your employer is building up a case against you, you're going to know when that happens. And all of a sudden, you get bad performance reviews. Uh, there, There's complaints about uh, what you do. Maybe there's a performance improvement plan. Maybe there's a warning letter. And all of a sudden, nothing that you can do is right. Well, that's usually the signs that your employer is building up a case against you. But what I mean by that is they're trying to build – a case there. They're putting the building blocks in place to potentially let you go for cause without any compensation. And that's bad. That's that's the capital punishment of the employment relationship. And you never want to be in that situation where your employer lets you go for cause. Number one, that may mean you don't get severance. That can impact your ability to find a job in the future. It's a bad thing. So what do you do if your employer uh, is building up a case? First of all, you don't ignore it. You just don't continue on with your day, as I've said. But as I said, you have to respond. If your employer is building a case, you build your own case. Have in front of you the information, the materials, the documents that you need to have to respond to it, to show that what they're saying is not accurate. Say so. Say that you disagree with it. And then you can do that respectfully. I'm not suggesting that you get into a confrontation. But outline, here's why I don't feel that this is, this is accurate. Here's point one, point two, point three. Put that in writing. Make sure that it's on the record, that it's understood. If you do that, then you're not going to be considered to have accepted what the employer says. You're going to make it much, much more difficult to be terminated for cause, which would essentially ensure that if you are let go, you're going to get your full severance, and it's not going to be difficult to get it. So don't ignore bad performance reviews. Respond to them. Put it on the record. Make sure that your position is known uh, and is not something that your employer can ignore. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. Lior at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the employment hour coming right up here. Talk radio AM six forty. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number to get a hold of Lior. Lior L I O R at employmenthour.com and severancepaycalculator.com as well. Find out what your severance should be. The proper dollar amount. Couple uh, quick steps to take, and that info will be yours. We're talking about uh, times you should be worried when you've been offered a new employment agreement to sign. That's never good. 
No, it's not. And what I mean by that, John, is I don't mean that you've just gotten a job and your employer wants you to sign an agreement. You should be obviously mindful of what that is and get some advice so you understand what you're signing. But what I'm talking about specifically now is a situation where you're already working. You already have a job. And your employer is coming to you all of a sudden and says, I want you to sign a new employment agreement. Maybe you've never signed one before. Maybe you did. It doesn't matter. Your employer is coming to you and wants you to sign a document now. Well, let me tell you something very, very clearly. There's only one reason why your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement while you're already employed. And that is because that agreement is better for the employer. They're not going to usually, almost never, going to ask you to sign an agreement that provides you for better terms. Your employer is not going to come to you on a Thursday and say, you know what, we decided we want to give you better terms of employment, so sign this document that's going to do things better for you. No, it's going to be the other way around. Usually what we will see is that agreement may uh, contain terms that limit your future severance. So you may sign an agreement and not realize that one of the things that agreement does, it says that if at some point in the future you're let go, you're going to get a fraction of the severance that you would otherwise get. Mm -hmm. Two years later, you lose your job and you realize, holy crap, that document I signed two years ago cost me $50,000. A very bad situation to be in. So my advice here is simple. If your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, you do not sign it until I see it. Let me see what it says. Let me tell you what it means once I've reviewed it. Because if it does do something like eliminate $50,000 from your future entitlements, we're going to say to the employer, thanks, but no thanks. We're not going to sign it. Your employer cannot penalize you for not signing an employment agreement. That's not cause for termination. You can't be disciplined. And you're far better off not giving up your rights uh, than, than giving them up. So if you're in that situation, be concerned, be mindful, and give me a call. Be concerned and be very worried when we're going through the points here. Here's another one. Even without the uh, you know new employment agreement being thrown in front of you by paper, the employer has changed the terms of your employment. I guess it could be even be verbal, right? Yeah. Your employer may tell you, just so you know, effective uh, tomorrow or effective next week, we're changing your commission structure right. or you're changing your hours of work or what have you, uh, your re- reporting arrangements. Uh, we're putting you in a lower position. All those things are things that you can't ignore. Now, th- there's the obvious reason and there's the not so obvious reason as to why. The obvious reason is if your employer says to you, for example, I'm going to reduce your commission or compensation. Well, if you were just ignore it and you accept it, then you're now making less money. So that's the obvious reason as to why that's something you should take seriously. But the other reason may be uh, that if you, if you just ignore it, if your employer changes the terms of employment and you, you know, being the good soldier that you are, you continue on, you continue working and accept it, well, then you've taken the door and you've opened it and now you've potentially allowed the employer to do it again and again and again. So your employer does not have a right to change the terms negatively in a significant way unless you allow them to do that and you've created that precedent and you've opened the door. So you may find yourself, okay, they've only reduced my commission by uh, 10%. Well, you've accepted it and next month it could be another 10% and then another 10% before there's nothing left and then you may not be able to do something about it. So if your employer is going to change or start changing the terms of employment, you may want to say no and consider treating that as a constructive dismissal. You may be better off leaving with full severance than accepting a change, which down the road can cause a lot of problems and cost you a lot of money. So whenever you're faced with a change, I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to accept. I don't want you to walk away from the job. 
I want you to give me a call. I want to talk to you about what that change means. I want to understand how big it is. And then we can discuss the options, discuss what you can do about it. But you can't ignore it. You have to be concerned about it. Uh, and you have to make the right call. one 821 5900 is that right call. Lior at employmenthour.com. More of the Employment Hour is coming up after a short break right here. Talk Radio, AM 640. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. It is Lior at employmenthour.com. Reach out, contact Lior anytime with questions, queries. He's there to answer them. Severancepaycalculator.com as well to find out what your severance offer really should be. Your full entitlements can be found in just a few moments uh, online at severancepaycalculator.com. We have been discussing you should be very worried when dot, 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 your employer won't let you come back from disability or won't accommodate medical restrictions. This is a, uh, as we say, big bowl of wrong to the employer, right? It is a, a huge bowl of wrong, and, and as obvious as, as it sounds, and, and I think it should be obvious to most people listening to us right now, uh, I see it so many times, John. I, I really can't count how many times I've seen it and continue to see situations where, your employer, where the employer doesn't properly deal with employees on a disability leave. Uh, and, and by the way, as, as you know, John, from, from doing the insurance and injury law show, employees on disability leave, not often, not only do they often have problems with their employer, they oftentimes have problems with their insurance company, their, their long-term or short-term disability insurance company. Uh, and if you are obviously in that situation, if you find yourself in that dispute, give us a call as well. We'll help you. But as relates to the employer, the employer's obligations are simple. If an employee can't work, and we know that because the employee's doctor said so, all right, then the employer can't do anything. The employer can't fire someone because they're off on a disability leave, can't change their job when they come back, can't refuse to take them back, can't punish them in any way. It doesn't matter whether the employee qualified for long-term disability or did not qualify for long-term disability. Uh, the employer's obligations are very, very simple. They have to follow what the doctor says. So a lot of people don't understand that, and they assume that if they can't be at work for the next six months, that relieves the employer of their obligations. No, it does not, all right? You can be off on a disability leave for a long time. Some people may be off for, for even a couple of years uh, because of a serious medical condition, and that's fine. That doesn't mean you're not an employee. You're still accruing seniority. You still have a right to your job when you come back, etc. So I want everyone to understand that, and I want people to, to know that uh, you can't just ignore uh, an employer not dealing with you properly when you're on a medical leave. You don't, as don't assume what your rights are or aren't. It's very simple. You are still an employee, and if your employer is going to try to do something to you while you're on a disability leave, uh, that's, that's not a right. There's human rights violations there as well. You'd have to give me a call so we can chat about it and discuss how to best deal with it. Times you should be very worried when this one even ranks higher than the disability leave or anything of that nature, and that is you're, uh, you're pregnant or had a baby and your employer does caps here, anything to you, anything. That's a yeah. big one. And that is a big one. And, and you know, rather than, than be specific in terms of your employer does this or that, we've said anything. So if your employer does anything to you because you're pregnant or because you're going to take a maternity leave, uh, guess what? That is illegal full stop. That's it. There's no argument. There's no debate about that. Your employer cannot do anything to you if you're pregnant. Uh, now, if something that, that the employer does is completely unrelated to the pregnancy and would have happened in any event, okay, that's fine. 
But in most cases, John, and I've seen this so many times, an employer being upset that the employee got pregnant maybe shortly after they started, or the employer being upset that they're going to have to make do without the employee for a year while they're on a, on a leave, uh, and, and they either find reason to try to terminate their employment or to move them to a different position or, or create obstacles in their way to try to convince them not to come back. All of that is wrong. Not only is it a violation of the Employment Standards Act, it's a violation of the Human Rights Code. The law is very, very, very simple about these issues. You have a right to take as much time as you need, up to a year, uh, for, uh, for a maternity leave. You can't be penalized in any way, shape, or form for taking that year, for getting pregnant. It doesn't matter when you got pregnant, whether it was immediately after you started the job or even if you were pregnant before you started the job. And if your employer does anything to you to contravene those rights, just understand that the law is going to come down fairly hard on that employer. So you shouldn't be shying away from pursuing those rights. Don't assume anything that there's nothing that can be done. That can't be further from the truth. Uh, and employers, please do the smart thing. Please do the right thing. And, and don't penalize, don't do really anything to an employee because she's pregnant, because she's taking maternity leave. That is absolutely illegal. We're going to hit a few more points on this one. Times you should be very worried when, and then we'll bounce over to a couple of your emails as well. In that regard, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And the number anytime, 1-855-821-5900. It's the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM640. 1-855-821-5900 is the number, Lior, at employmenthour.com through email as well. We're talking about times you should be very worried when. The next one, you are not getting paid overtime. Yeah, and, and the reason why I say you should you should be worried about not getting paid overtime is because you're very likely have a right to overtime. And a lot of people assume that they don't have a right, maybe because they're on salary, or maybe because they work the overtime, but the manager didn't formally approve it. So they think, well, I don't get overtime, so they didn't pay me. It is what it is. Well, let's take a step back. That's not necessarily the case. Overtime gets paid even to employees on salary. Now, the general rule, unless an employment agreement says otherwise, is that overtime is paid for any hours worked over 44 hours a week. So any hour over 44 is paid on the basis of time and a half. So if you work 48 hours this week, you get four hours at time and a half. Obviously, that's easy to calculate if you're, a sal- if you're an hourly employee. So if you make $10 an hour, you get time and a half, which is $15 an hour. Uh, now, if you're on a salary, it's just as easy. Your weekly salary is good for 44 hours a week, so we would divide that by 44. That gives us an hourly rate. One and a half times that is your overtime rate. So remember, salaried employees get overtime. Now, where it gets interesting is a lot of employers say, well, you're not allowed to work overtime uh, unless you specifically and formally get it approved. Now, what happens in a situation where you have to work overtime to get the job done, but no one approved it, you couldn't get it approved? Well, guess what? If you worked the overtime, and if it was legitimate, in other words, it was necessary to work the overtime to get the job done, the employer still has to pay for it. The employer cannot say, well, I'm not going to pay your overtime because you didn't get it approved by me. That's wrong. They still have to pay you that overtime. Remember, there are some exceptions to overtime. For example, managers, probably the biggest exception, doesn't get paid overtime, a manager or is exempt from overtime. Uh, Other people as well, professionals like uh, doctors, engineers, lawyers, accountants uh, may not get it. There's other people that, IT professionals Mm -hmm. that don't get it. 
But most other people do get overtime. So if you're not sure, if your employer is not paying you overtime, you don't know if that's right or wrong, let's talk about it. Give me a call. You can also call the Ministry of Labor on that issue. A lot of the topics we're discussing, you cannot, should not ever go to the Ministry of Labor. But when it comes to overtime, yes, you can. And in many cases, should go to the Ministry of Labor. They can help you sort it out. And, and if needed, order your employer to pay you the overtime that's owed to you. one 821 5900 is Lior's number that we're talking about. Uh, things you should be very worried or times you should be worried, uh, very worried when uh, you're being harassed by a boss or a coworker. This is a, an important one, John. And it's an important because a lot of people may find themselves and often do find themselves the victims of harassment. And what most people do, and, and I think it's almost a, a natural reaction is they, they internalize it and they don't do anything about it and they hope that things are going to go be better. So they go in every day to work hoping and praying that they're not going to be harassed, no one's going to mistreat them, and inevitably it still happens. They're still being harassed and mistreated and things get worse and now it's impacting the person in, in the sense that their stress levels are elevated, that they're, they're having maybe panic attacks, they can't sleep, depression. It's starting to impact your health. So being a victim of harassment in the workplace is a big deal, and it's not something, it's not taboo anymore to talk about that. So you should be certainly concerned if you're the victim of, of, of harassment, and you should do something about it rather than just ignore it and hope for the best. What I recommend is to do it as a, as a two-step process. The first step is to try to resolve it internally. What I mean by that is to go speak with someone in the workplace about it, uh, the, the the manager, uh, the HR person, the owner, whoever the right person is to speak to and tell them what's happening and give them an opportunity to do something about it. Your employer is going to have to investigate and ultimately try to fix the problem. Uh, maybe it's uh, separating the, the, the you, you and the other person. Maybe it's getting rid of the other person, etc. Now, if you've tried to do that, if you try to resolve it internally and nothing's happened, or maybe that's not an option, because the owner of the company is the one that's actually harassing you, so who are you going to complain to? Then step two comes on, which is we have to deal with it externally. So that's when you have to give me a call, and then we may talk, have to talk about getting you out of that workplace, getting you out of that bad situation with severance, with compensation. Rather than suffering and being uh, uh, having this impact your health, you may be better off starting a new slate, leaving that place, and not incurring the health effects, and getting your full severance. So step one, try to deal with it internally. If you've done that or it's not possible to do that, step two is you give me a call. Let's talk about it. Let's find a way to end this problem, get you out of there, get you the compensation that you're owed so you don't have to suffer anymore. Times you should be very worried when. We'll get to the most obvious point here after a short break. In the meantime, Lior's number, one 821 5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour. It's Talk Radio, AM640. 1-855-821-5900 is the number to get a hold of Lior. Lior at employmenthour.com through email. And we'll get to our last, and I guess I, I guess you could say most obvious point when it comes to times you should be very worried when. Well, you've been let go, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is the most obvious one, which is why we kind of saved it for last. Uh, this is the big one. And this is the, you know, the one that you're going to unfortunately find yourself uh, in many times where your employer out of the blue lets you go and hands you a piece of paper and expects you to sign this by Friday at 5. Uh, well, that's a problem. That's You should be very worried about that deadline. You should be worried about that paper because if you sign it, 
if you return it to the employer, well, chances are, by chances are, John, by ninety plus percent that you'd be giving up tens of thousands of dollars of entitlements that you have. But once you sign it, you can't go back. Yeah, you can't change your mind. You can't realize. Wait a second, they owe me another fifty thousand dollars. So I want that fifty thousand dollars. It's too late. Uh, and I've personally spoken with hundreds of people over the years that found themselves in that exact situation. They signed off on that severance package, realized it was not good, not even close to being good, and then I have to tell them, no, unfortunately, I cannot help you. You've accepted it. Mm -hmm. You're stuck. You're done. Don't let that happen to you. So take it seriously. So what did you do? If you lost your job, doesn't matter if you agree with the reason or disagree with the reason. Maybe you're happy about it. Maybe you're, you're distraught about it. You get some advice in terms of understanding what your rights are. A good starting point, and we've talked about it before, is the severance calculator. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. You answer three questions and get a, a general idea of how much compensation, how much severance you're actually owed. Not what your employer is offering you or wants to pay you, what the law says you should have. Now, beyond that, uh, now that you know how much severance and you know that the offer is not adequate, we need to do something about it. Give me a call. In most cases, John, it's so easy to resolve these disputes. We engage the employer in a discussion, in a negotiation, and we resolve it, oftentimes without legal action, oftentimes within a matter of, of a week or two. So be, take it seriously. Understand that you have rights. The law is very good when it comes, certainly in Canada, when it comes to termination of employment. But oftentimes the problems arise when individuals don't know that. They make the wrong assumptions. They get information from the wrong sources, including the Ministry of Labor. So don't let that happen to you. Give me a call. Let's make sure you get everything that you're owed. one 821 5900 is that number we've been talking about, or at least I've been pitching the email address all show. So we'll, uh, we'll bounce down to one of those. This came in from Esther in Oshawa. says, uh, my employer has sold the business. I was offered a job by the buyer, but after I tried to negotiate the salary, well, the buyer pulled the offer off the table. What are my rights? Well, that's a very good question, Esther. And we actually dealt with a similar uh, matter uh, very recently at my firm. So, so it's, it's quite simple. Uh, if your employer now, the, sorry, the, the, the new company, the new employer that bought the business is not giving you an opportunity to continue working, they've taken the offer off the table, that means your employment is terminated, which means the company that sold the business, the seller, owes you full severance. So because now as a result of this sale, you're out of a, bit, you're out of a job, you're owed full severance. The fact that you were trying to negotiate salary doesn't disqualify you from that. Doesn't mean that you don't get severance. Uh, you don't have a right, you don't have an obligation to just accept any offer that someone makes you. So if you were to continue working, then your seniority carries through and you don't get severance. But if you're out of a job as a result of this sale, and that applies to anyone listening, if your business is sold, uh, the business you're working in is sold, and as a result of this transaction, you're out of a job, then you get severance. The company that sold the business has to pay you your full severance. If you're not out of a job, if you continue working with the buyer, then your seniority carries through, you continue working, and at some point, if down the road they let you go, they'll have to account for your full service, including the service that you had with the previous company. So remember that, and, and if you have any questions, if you did lose your job, if you're concerned about it, you know what to do. Esther, give me a call. Let's talk about it. Let's assess how much you're owed and make sure that you get it. 
Last couple minutes, we'll, uh, we'll slide. Uh, I guess Jim in here from Mississauga writes in quickly, said my employer let me go, but is now saying that I resigned so I don't get severance. What do I do? What's my next step? You know, I, I always hate these situations when someone says I, I was let go and someone else says I resigned because it's difficult to, to prove one way or the other. Now, uh, if, if you have a termination letter, no one can say that you resigned. If it was all verbal, uh, I would simply tell you to send an email to your employer confirming what actually happened, uh, that you know you came to me on uh, September 7th and you told me that I'm not working, so I'm not resigning, and if you think I'm resigning, then I'm happy to come back to work. Uh, presumably, they'll say, no, you're not coming back to work, and then we can treat that as a termination. So if you've been terminated and it's verbal, Generally speaking, it's a very good rule to send an email back to your employer confirming that they've terminated you. You don't want your employer to turn around later and say, no, no, you actually said that you were leaving. We never let you go. That's not a good fight to have to fight. So if you've been let go, 99% of the time it's going to be in writing. If it's not, put it in writing yourself. And we'll take it for another week. Uh, you need the number. It's right here, one 821 to get a hold of Lior. You want to drop an email like we just read, simple, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't used it yet over the last, what, three, four years, check it out, severancepaycalculator.com. It'll let you know exactly what your full entitlements, what you are owed as far as the severance is concerned. It takes a couple minutes to punch in some key information. Out you go. It'll spit out a uh, very surprising number, I guarantee And you want to follow up with Lior, uh, you can do so by clicking at the bottom of the app as well. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here Talk Radio, AM 640.